Wellbeing and Emotions Facilitator Kat Levine is with us on recognising and dealing with children with back-to-school anxiety. She says anxiety is rife among children going to school for the first time and also with young teens starting high school. Another issue that is topical is the thousands of Auckland students whose lives have been disrupted by the recent flooding and whose home lives are currently in turmoil. Morena Kat, welcome back to Nine to Noon. Lovely to have you with us. Kia ora, thanks for having me. I can't help thinking also for a you know, a, a cohort of students, there's been nothing but disruption to schooling and we know that school attend- attendance is down. So even just above the normal uh, anxiety-inducing situations, we're really dealing with a, a whole host of issues, aren't we? It's just stacking one on top of the other and it feels like we just can't take a break. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, let's mm-hmm. just begin at the beginning and you go where you want to go, please, with your excellent mm-hmm. advice. We're at the start of the school year and, and, and what issues can that immediately raise? Well, there's so much uncertainty and anxiety does stem from that um, uncertainty of do I have what it takes? What if this happens? What if I'm rejected? Um, And just not knowing what's ahead of them. That can be a different class, a different teacher, different friends. So that's the baseline for most students, I guess, going into the the new year um, of just, yeah, just is it going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? So that's just where they're, they're starting off with, yeah. And what and what kind of anxiety do we talk about? Everyone has the butterflies. Everyone is nervous about any change. But when are you, first, how are you reassuring that? And then we'll talk about some behaviours that might go beyond the normal doubts and, 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 and behaviours. What are you looking for hmm. that, that indicate someone's anxious? Yeah, so it's, there's, like you said, there's the butterflies, um, but there's other things that people may not initially associate with anxiety. So we've got clinginess, um, more clingy than normal, which is a separation anxiety. Being restless and fidgety, when they've got all that build-up of the stress hormones, they just can get a bit jiggly and wiggly, and that's not a, a wiggly with excitement, but it's quite an agitated um, restlessness. The stomach aches is a huge one, and my daughter who suffered with anxiety all through her schooling years, tummy aches every day. I got her off gluten, I tried her on this, all the nutritionists, but it was actually her body's response, not something made up, but because her body was constantly in that fight or flight anxious state. That takes away the digestion, it pauses you can lead to constipation and diarrhea as well. So it's not just in their head. That's the thing with anxiety. Um, so changes in their eating and sleeping is a big one. If they're not going to sleep at night, if they're waking a lot, wanting to sleep with you or closer to you. And and the, the problem with that is sleep um, and eating well, You know, good nutrition. Those are the, some of the things that help you overcome feelings of an, an anxiety and prevent it. But it's the opposite. When you're feeling anxious, you can't sleep. So it's it's kind of a um, self-perpetuating cycle there, which is really uh, hard to break, but it's really important. So then there's the negative thoughts and worries, that the things that they're saying um, and just getting sort of withdrawn into themselves. But then the other one is actually anger and aggression. So they may be a bit more short-tempered, snappy, fighting with their siblings, angry and aggressive to you. And anger and anxiety are so closely linked. They're in those elevated emotional states of fight and flight. So just, you know, seeing these things, and it's not all all naughty behavior, but it's an outward expression of what's going on for the inside. 
and we've got the crying um, and the inability to concentrate and get things done. So that's a whole bunch of different things that may be an indicator that there's some anxiety underneath. And Kat, we're not just talking about first day anxiety either. Can things actually get a little bit worse once school's started? Well, the, the, I guess the anxiety can change, can't it, from the uncertainty and not knowing to I do know and I actually don't like it and, and I don't like these new things. I don't like my new teacher or my friends or um, how things are done differently and all that disruption there. So I guess, you know, something that's really important, you know, I do a lot of education with children um, in some video series I've got teaching them about what I call their worry watchdog and their angry dragon, which is that fight and flight response. And we all have them, even us adults, and they're there to protect us and to keep us safe. That's our brain's job, keep us safe. And so they are trying to protect us. And when these behaviours come out, it's saying, I think there's a threat in the environment um, that you're not safe and you don't have what it takes. And so that's when they're coming out. So we're going to have them for life. What we're wanting to do is have that they're upskilled when they're young to understand those feelings and also know what they can do and how can they manage the angry dragon and say, thanks for warning me. Um, yes, this is a threat. I need to um, you know, get away from this. Or actually, I'm fine. Thanks for warning me, but I'll get through this. I can go to class or I can you know, go swimming or to my friend's house. Um, these are skills that we need for life and that's why I'm so excited that the Ministry of Education is really bringing that emphasis into mental health education. We can focus on nutrition and health and um, being physical but what about our mental health education and it's such a priority now. Can we talk about some of the um, strategies to use then perhaps at different ages and stages um, one can, I don't, I don't know whether those um, uh, symptoms that you talked about will, can, can present at any age or whether some are more typical at one age than the other Uh, but can we start at how you might by words or by actions help say a five-year-old or a or a litly first of all so when we're looking at the you know different anxiety does manifest in different types of ways but three of the most common ones which uh, do fit into different ages First, there's that separation anxiety, which is starting with the little ease. And that's that, you know, you're my you're my point of safety as a parent, as whanau, as caregiver. And if I'm going to be transitioning into someone else's care and I'm going to be away from you for those amount of hours, that's where that anxiety is coming from because you're their safety, which is so important for them. And so there's, there's a couple of things that you can do there. One is that sort of that bridging of... Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing you after school and we'll have some afternoon tea together or go to the playground. So they can look ahead to, I'm going to be reconnecting with you. So during the day when they're feeling worried, they can say, right, when when I'm picked up, we're going to go and hang out together. So it's not just this great abyss of, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. Um, but you can also have... Um, bridging sort of things that they they hold with them whether it's a little piece of fabric or a photo or a rock or something that they carry that's in their pocket or that they can have with them that sort of anchors them to know you know um you know, mummy and daddy's thinking about me or I've got a little kiss, a little X sign on my uniform um, sleeve that I know that, you know, that, that they're with me. But you, So you're bridging between your next connection with them and that sense of safety, but you're also transitioning them into who is that caregiver, who's that person that they will be um, sort of 
not latching on to, but transitioning their their attachment during the day there. So getting that, um, especially with the little E's and the teachers will be very well practiced at doing that. How can you pass that over to them? So, you know, here's Mrs. Jones and, you know, she'll be taking care of you and I'm looking forward to seeing you after school and having that, going in with that confidence, you need to have the confidence within yourself because if you're feeling stressed and anxious and worried, it'll transfer to them and they'll pick it up. But you need to have that confidence. I've given them the skills and the strategies, the teachers are there to help, they're going to do well, this is part of growing up and I can pass that on and I can walk out their confidence. So... That's a few ideas for that age. Nobody likes um, me. I don't have any friends. I don't know how to make friends. No one will like me. <laughs> yes. Which is not making the connection with the teacher, but it's the skill to overcome the fear or to cope with the fear of making connections with other kids. Yeah, so that's the, the social anxiety, which is that fear of being judged. Um, people are going to look at me and not want to be my friend or I don't measure up or I'm not good enough or funny enough or good enough at sports or whatever it is that they feel I don't measure up and I'm not good enough and that um, you know at, at the beginning it's they're looking for that acceptance from their whanau but as they go through as they're getting older they're looking to their peers and to their social circles and so that social anxiety is growing and you know in adolescence and that is is really the more than separation anxiety of course is what does everyone think of me how many likes am I getting on social media do I have the right shoes and the right headphones and whatever it is um, and often they're just feeling like I don't measure up or they're portraying through social media I've got it all together and life is fabulous and I look fabulous all the time but their true self doesn't actually measure up and there's that fear of being exposed. Um, so the social anxiety, all, all of these, and that fear of the unknown, I don't know if I've got what it takes to do whatever's coming up, um, they need that confidence in themselves, that assurance of reconnection and being cared for and belonging. Um, but you yeah, knowing that they're not alone, that other kids are feeling like that and um, building up for the social anxiety, building up that self-worth in themselves that is not dependent on what do you think of me, it's what do I think of me, what are the good things about me and I have one technique which is the 111 technique to help mental health, you know, your well-being in the morning is um, what is one thing that I'm grateful for, what is one thing I'm looking forward to and what is one thing I like about myself. And just focusing on the positive, getting out of that ruminating of, you know, everything bad's going to happen, no one likes me, I haven't got this, is let's just say one thing I like about myself and build that slowly, slowly and keep resetting back to that positive sense of mental health. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a few tips of things that parents can do. But when you're, you're um, getting their self-talk, because like I said with the ruminating is... We, we just sort of see the outside, but we don't know these voices and these sentences and these beliefs that are just going round and round and round in their head. So we need to be proactively reprogramming that to positive self-talk. So I call it the cool cat thinking rather than your worry watchdog thinking. So it's like your friends care about you. You know, your teacher's on your side and would never let anything happen to you. Um, school is great for your brain, so you can be even more amazing. Um, today, there's going to be some fun things you're going to do. Um, even if it's just you know lunchtime and you're brave and you can handle it you know I'm here for you I believe in you but 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 we also need to be acknowledging that they it's okay to feel worried 
we all feel worried sometimes. And, um, you know, you think about if you went home and you, um, you had a hard day at work and you're complaining about your boss or whatever, and if your partner said, oh, you know, you'll be fine, it's all, you know, it's all in your head, don't worry about it, they can be dismissive. Or if they're like, oh, well, you know, poor you, that's so terrible, and maybe, you know, trying to protect you from it. Neither of those are actually helping you get through it. The first thing we need is someone to listen and to acknowledge and even acknowledge when we don't know how to say it ourselves. Is I can see this is really scary for you and I can see how um, anxious you are and worried about this. And by doing that within ourselves and doing that for other people, it's actually helping calm down that part of the brain, the worry watchdog, and saying, oh, Actually, someone sees, someone hears, someone understands. You're not reinforcing it and saying, yes, school's scary and it's going to be terrible. You're just saying, it's okay to feel like that. Yeah, you're acknowledging. And and that's really the thrust of it. I'm just watching the wonderful rap that we've got that you supplied for us. Thank you, Kat. (laughs) It's It's on the website, listeners. And... It, 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 this is, you know, for younger kids, although actually it's, it's working for me, it's all fine. It's, <laughs> it, it's helping, and, and, and you've alluded to this, it's giving even young children the skills to recognise and understand what they're feeling and literally naming what they're feeling. Um, yeah. and, and as for any of us, then that gives you the, the opportunity to say, right, I can grit my teeth a bit and, and get through this because I understand what it is. Can we just talk a little bit? We, we were saying how exceptional... Recent years have been, and there's mm-hmm. been so many disruptions to schooling and university. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's literally very low attendance, comparatively low attendance, still, still in school at the moment for so many children. Mm. Now we have another one, right? We've got thousands yeah. of kids in Auckland heading back to school right now, whether it's primary or secondary, uh, with disruption to their home lives. And, and, and also with that kind of... Existential, uh, existential threat that, that this re- recent weather is feeling like there, and now another storm's threatening. So, mm. how do you deal with these exceptional circumstances? And are you necessarily encouraging kids straight back to school? Is it okay to have a day at home if, if that's how they feel? Like, what, what's your advice? Well, I think yeah, just acknowledging that how big this is. Like with with COVID, it was massive. It was massive for us, but even bigger for them without the ability to understand and put it in context. Um, Sometimes their reactions will be delayed. So they may just be, you know, seem to be all okay and it may come out later. So don't be surprised by that. But also they may not have the words to talk about how they're feeling. And often when they don't have the words, it can be coming out in behaviour. Um, and again, this is the stuff I said before, you know, being a bit, um, bit negative or bickering or disrespectful or not doing what they're told, whatever it is. But underneath it can be that fear, that uncertainty, that anxiety of my life's being turned upside down down. I don't know if I'm safe. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, just seeing a picture of a slip and a house falling over or a car on a um, on a fence is enough to give anyone anxiety. Um, but don't assume that they feel the same as you as well. When we're um, looking at the positive, what can we do to help support them? And one thing that I love is getting them to look for the heroes. Who are the people out there? Yes, we've had this thing happen, but who are those people who are really helping out? The ones who are um, in the emergency services, but also local people who are doing that and really focus on that. But also focusing on what's in our control because when you're feeling powerless or hopeless, 
that's very narrow, like everything's bad out there and I can't do anything. And what is in our control? What can we do? What can we do in our whānau to get some routines, to get things back to normal as much as we can? Um, and if you're having to live somewhere else, well, having the same bowl or the same breakfast cereals and um, getting things sorted that it's like this, you know, routines and um, having things structured creates so much sense of security and safety when life is in chaos. And this is this is for teachers as well because they've got them for the day and, and you've got them at home. And when you're both working on this, of getting that sense of safety, having those routines in place and letting them know it's okay to feel scared. And sometimes you do too as well. And sometimes we can get worried or, or sad about the damage that's being done because with children, when we don't want to, you know, with grief, we don't just say, well, you've talked about your partner that passed away, now can you just stop it? There's so much healing that can come through the processing and the talking, not not focusing on the negative, but, uh, but you know, when you can redirect them to focusing on the positive, we feel like this, you're not alone. Other children are feeling the same, um, same things. Um, and one day we are going to start feeling better. Um, and we're going to be fine together. We've got each other. So it's really that talking through of it. Thank you very much, Kat Levine. And just some uh, feedback here. Interesting. I have quite bad memories of going back to school, says Tony, as a young person. My main fear was being separated from my closest friend, which left me devastated. I've suffered all my life with stomach issues such as IBS and irritable bowel syndrome, perhaps as a result of that early anxiety. No consideration seemed to be given to a child's mental well-being back then. Thanks, Kat Levine. Thank you uh, for that feedback.